currently right now actually serve as a controlling. That's just a fancy title to say I oversee the finances of a digital market agency. What's uh, it called? Uh, the the name of the t- title? Yeah, yeah, controller. Controller. Yeah, yeah. It's like controller. The, it's basically an encounter guy. That's it's awesome. like the guy. Okay. <laughs> that means he makes all the decisions, yeah. and he's the one that controls all the money. Basically. I just my first thought was like a PS4 controller, <laughs> just like in your hand, you know. <laughs> Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. What's up, Young and Olding Podcast? Excited for another episode today. My name is Tyler. I'm really excited about this conversation today because I'm joined with Pastor Brandon Cato yeah. and my good friend Jonathan Jimenez. And so before we jump into the topic and the subject matter for today, uh, I want you to hear from uh, our guests today a little bit about them, where they come from, the world that they're living and working in, because we're talking about how to manage money and steward money. So I got my wallet right here, aka my phone. <laughs> Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we start and get into all the nuts and bolts of finances and stewarding uh, money, uh, Pastor Brandon, who are you? Uh, yeah. What do the people need to know? Yeah. Uh, so I spent about 25 years in the corporate world. Um, I love that. I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I started a bunch of businesses and several of them are still still running and doing great. So cool. But um, so I got kind of thrown into the financial you know, portion of that early on, trying to figure it out. Didn't Didn't have a lot of teaching in that area. So um, I'm super passionate about it. I love that coming over, serving in ministry, and then getting a chance to step on the team here at Christ Fellowship nine years ago. Um, I got to spend seven, eight years in ministry side, and now just in this last year, God's opened the door for me to step back into the finance world. So mm. um, I got to spend most of my time here on the front end doing front end pastoral ministry and serving on the campus level and all of that. And now I get to use some of the things that I learned over those 25 years and how to manage money and how to just to be great steward of what God's put in our hands. And that's what I get to look after here at Christ Fellowship now. That's amazing. 25 years yeah. is an uh, is incredible length of time. Also the age of many of our young adult listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Jonathan, how old did you just turn 25? 26. 26. Yeah, there yeah. I go. forgot about that. So you've made it over the 25 mark. <laughs> uh, tell me about what, what do you do? Who are you? What do people need to know? Yeah. Well, I'm hailing from the Boynton campus. Let's go. Uh, and currently right now, I actually serve as a controlling. That's just a fancy title to say. I oversee the finances of a digital market agency. What's uh, it called? Right uh, the, the name of the t- title? Yeah. Controller. Controller. Yeah. Yeah. It's like controller. It's basically an encounter guy. That's, That's like awesome. the guy. Okay. <laughs> that means he makes all the decisions yeah. and he's the one that controls all the money. Basically. I just, my first thought was like a PS4 controller, <laughs> just like in your hand, you know, at work. Okay. A controller. It's a, a great way to describe it. Uh, I mean, that's a big, but yeah, think about it. It's the same thing. So, I mean, the controller yeah. controls the game and I control the finances. So, um, and so, yeah, I have the opportunity of doing that for a few years and, I mean, similar to, to Pastor Brandon, just having the responsibility of stewarding it well and understanding mm-hmm. how important finance is, not just in our culture, but just in our everyday lives. Yep. And so it's, a, it's a, a subject I'm super passionate about. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. I'd love to hear both of your perspectives on when you became passionate about the subject of uh, money management, stewarding finances. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you just kick it off? When, when did this journey start? Obviously, you're 26, so a lot of our listeners are probably in that same age bracket and aren't necessarily passionate and or maybe rather clueless about stewarding finances, stewarding uh, what God has given us. So what was your journey like? When did you become passionate 
about this topic that obviously has led you into a career path yeah. uh, of doing this professionally, not just privately. Yeah. I would say it began privately. It began personally. For me, I kind of grew up uh, lower middle class, and I just knew for myself I didn't want to have a similar story as what I did have growing up. Okay. And so I really wanted to have a good understanding of what money was about. Um, I had an uncle who he had the Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University CD set. And so I plugged that that mug into my laptop and <laughs> listened to all the CDs and yeah. got all the different lessons. And I got to experience what understanding money uh, does uh, for for you, being a blessing. I was able to graduate college without any student loans. Um, and in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, I was able to become debt-free and wow. experience what the blessing is as far as what understanding money is and putting it in its proper place. That's awesome. That's awesome. Brand. Yeah, so for me, got married really early. You know, young, right out of high school, got married and uh, was thrown into uh, how to be a husband and be in the business world. So I uh, got a lot of things wrong. Didn't have a lot of that. You know, I got to watch my dad, and my dad was a great steward, and my dad was great at investing, making money, um, but never really, um, I never really was taught. So okay. I had to figure a lot of things out on my own. Some of that came through uh, getting in debt, you know, becoming, you know, crazy upside down and finances and debt and really just starting this journey of personally. I love that. It's got to start personally. It's yeah, got to start inside. And really this journey of like, how do I how do I set my family up? How do I set my wife up? I want my kids to be in a better position. Um, I was raised in a great position, but again, I got to see it, but I was never taught it. And so having to learn that and really dive into scripture and just asking God before Dave Ramsey was as popular as he is now, we, we kind of figured that out through the word. Hmm. And um, it took a season of being, you know, so far in debt of like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I got to figure this out. And so I kind of worked my way out of that and started putting some things in place. But at once I got that right and got God first in my finances and really figured out like he, if he's not first in my finances, it's never going to get fixed. Yeah. Once I figured that out, it was like this game on, like, okay, let's go. I can, I got it now. I've, I've seen how to do this. And then I love that you said, you know, being financially free, debt free, what that does. It's amazing when you get that feeling. When I remember when we got debt free and uh, just that, that overwhelming feeling of like, we did it. Yeah. But honestly, it was like the beginning of a new journey now, because now it's like, how do you manage being debt free mm -hmm. and not go back there and be able to continue to grow in generosity? So it's been a journey. It's been one I've been on for a long time, but it's, I'm so passionate about this because the, the sooner that a young person can figure this out, oh, yeah. man, it, it really changes your future. It That's really great. does. It opens up so many doors. God's able to do more with you when you're in that position than when you're not. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that because you referenced um, bringing God into your finances. Yeah. And, and it's quite possible that we have uh, listeners who are tuning in who maybe don't have that faith perspective. Sure. They haven't even thought about including God into the equation when we talk about money, finances, stewardship. So let's just let's start there a little bit. Uh, maybe, Jonathan, if you want to talk about what, what does God say about finances? What does God think about finances? What does scripture say about stewardship, mm -hmm. generosity? Um, kind of let's let's talk about that because yeah. that's an important thing if we're going to have Absolutely. a conversation around money. Uh, but I want to hear from you guys. So, Jonathan, what, what are some of your thoughts around that? Yeah, it, it, we see how money intersects faith in three different ways. That one, God owns it all. Yeah. That two, that our values follow our treasures. That's in Luke twelve. Yep. And that's something to say that if you want to be passionate about something, you should invest in it. You'll quickly care about mm -hmm. that. And that three, that God calls us to manage well what we've been given, and we're supposed to live 
our lies and generosity. That's Matthew 25. That's great. And so all that for me has been very helpful as far as transitioning my mindset uh, into a, a proper space of honoring God through my finances. That's great. Great. Yeah, same scriptures. Uh, I think in Proverbs when it talks about the overflow, like when you when you put so much into someone else and uh, God is allowed to use that for the overflow, like he's going to give you enough, He's gonna, but you'll be able to refresh others. I think it's Proverbs 11, 25. And it just talks about what what God will do when you put him first in your finances and the overflow of that. And I've been able to see that yeah. and be able to see what that means when you're able to to help someone out, when you're able to go meet a need for somebody. When And this this principle of open hands, when you look at all of these different scripture references, there's this, there's this common theme of keeping open hands. And I was actually listening to a podcast this morning, and they were talking about how when your hands are closed, you can't receive anything else. Mm, great. And you're basically locked into where you are. Whatever you have, once you close your hands and you're grasping onto it, there's no room to grow and there's no room to give. There's no room to receive. So you're pretty much stuck. But if you look at the principles through scripture, oftentimes you'll see that it's an open hand picture where God says, keep it open because I'm going to use you to pass things through. I'm going to keep blessing you with more as long as you're willing to bless others with the same. And so that's one of the things that I just, I constantly think about bringing God into it is like, I want, I want more blessing from God, but I can't do it with closed hands. Yeah. That's great. Well, I think about, you know, sometimes the conversation around money, it's just, it gets so touchy mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a hard topic to to talk about sometimes because everyone has different opinions. And uh, Jonathan, something you said right from the beginning is, is number one, God owns it all, yep. right? And then going along with Pastor Brandon, what you're saying with this open hands posture, really they, they go together, right? This idea that if God owns it all, my hands are going to be open, whatever he puts there, I'm never going to close my hands on it. But I think it's sometimes a little bit easier said than done. That's why it's a, it's a, it is a journey. I love that you're mm-hmm. talking about yeah. a journey. Uh, so how have you both learned to establish a healthy mentality about finances, even in the season of debt, even in the season of kind of working things off? How have, what, are, what are some steps you guys have taken to have a healthy you know, mindset and mentality about money and finances versus viewing them just as a, a burden or, or whatever else? Yeah, I think... You know, for me personally, my I think each person's journey is going to be different. For me, it was once I got, you know, this idea around God being first in my finances and same thing Jonathan was saying, he owns it all. So once it's all his, it, you kind of manage it a little bit differently. When something's left into your control and, and you're in charge of it, you manage it a little bit differently than if it was yours. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to view finances that way and money specifically of like, all right, God, you've put this in my hands. What do you, what do you want me to do with it? It's great. And what are the things that maybe I used to do that you're saying, Hey, that's not as important. And you can move that money towards something else. I think, um, being in debt, there was this challenge of like, how do I give, how do I give anything Mm -hmm. and be in debt at the same time? And I, and I remember reading in scripture way back and, you know, this is 20 years ago. And I remember, just seeing this principle of the first and God saying, if it's all mine and you put me first, you return this first portion, this 10th, you know, that I'm going to do amazing things with the other 90. Hmm, But if you don't make this decision, you probably won't ever see the other amazing things that I'll do with the 90. Wow. And so in debt, crazy debt, um, I decided, my wife and I decided we're we're never going to question that again. We'll always Mm. put God first in our finances. And the things that he did, after that, were miraculous. We were able to get out of debt in just a couple years, yeah. and he was able to. He sold things at top dollar when this when the market didn't allow for that. You know, nobody was getting that. And it's I I have to look back and say 
it's that decision of putting him first in our finances. There's actually a scriptural passage where it talks about this, and two brothers are going to give an offering. One brother comes in and gives the offering out of the first fruits. He has the whole bundle, so God's given it all, put it on his hands, and he gives a piece of the very first of it to God. The other brother holds on to it and gives his later down the road when there's leftover, and God accepts the the first fruits and denies mm. the other brother. And I was like, man, I don't want to ever be in a position where my offering is denied or my tithe, you know, my giving is denied because I waited until I saw if there was enough left to do it. That's a trust factor. That's putting yeah. God first in your finances. So that's that's kind of like one of those moments for me where I'm like, I remember that. It's a marker. It's a stone, like a monument. I'll never forget that moment. And I've never moved off of that since then. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I would say for me, it began with reflecting on how did my upbringing affect the way I view money? Okay. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, I grew up, you know, lower middle class and if you grew up lower middle class, you're very likely to have that close handedness to make sure you keep as much as you can for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it had going back to those biblical principles. Those were the things that helped me transition from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. Yeah. Yep. You know, when you have a scarcity mindset, you're asking, how can I give the cheapest tip to the waitress? Mm-hmm. You know, when you have an abundance mindset, you understand being that everything's already God's, how can I bless this waitress? And also ensure that I'm managing well what I've been given. You know, a scarcity mindset, which usually stop at, I can't afford this. Yeah. An abundance mindset takes it a step further and asking the question, how can I afford this? And then it has the gears turning. Well, if everything's all God's, here's what I can do. Can I earn extra income doing this? Uh, you know, having supplemental income on the side or working more and, and earning more with my current job and so forth. And all in all, being able to say that, in the end of the day, it's all God. I hold it. Every, I hold my hands open to both receive so that I can be a blessing. That's great. Mm-hmm. You said the word scarcity mindset. Uh, that actually segues really perfectly into this thought that uh, in February of of this year, twenty twenty two, a study was done uh, that showed that up to sixty five percent of the respondents that a survey went out said that they dealt with money related stress, and it's even higher for for young adults. And so, uh, stress and money are are tied for so many people, young adults uh, who are like, man, I, this isn't the career I want. It's the job I have. And I got these yeah. bills. I'm starting to figure out adulting, what that's like. I'm out on my own, kind of, but I'm sort of still a dependent. Uh, it's a real thing in the mm-hmm. stress that's there. And so I know we have people who are tuning in who aren't in the abundant uh, headspace, that, mm-hmm. that mindset. And maybe they're like, they that's me. You know, I go to a restaurant and I'm like, I don't really want to give 20% because- yeah or whatever it is, or I don't yeah. know if I can trust God with a percentage giving or, or a tithe because I'm I'm holding on and I'm stressed, I'm stressed. It keeps them up at night. So for those who are tuning in or listening, mm-hmm. what's a, a bit of encouragement that you would just like to give Pastor Brandon to someone in that space? They're, they're really stressed. It's affecting their work. It's affecting their relationships. It's affecting their sleep. Uh, what would you say to encourage somebody in that space right now? Well, first I'd say you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And this, this, is isn't, this isn't new. Like this is a this, this is highlighted right now because of what we've gone through in the last couple of years in the pandemic, and it's become more it's become more aware for people. But it's something that's been there forever. Yep, money has always been the number one um, stressor, the number one you know cause of divorce. You can go through and just stack all these things up. And I would just say, take a deep breath. It's not going to get fixed overnight, so don't don't worry about it. You can only do so much in the next 24 hours, but what can you start doing in the next 24 hours? I love 
helping people budget coach them and sit down. And Great. one of the things that I always ask them is, you know what? Don't do anything different. Just track what you're doing for the next two weeks. Yeah. Put down every little expense you do and start to look at where it's going. Some of the times it's an aha moment for them before we ever meet again. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I can't believe I spend that much doing this or that doing that. This is a this is probably higher than 60%, if I'm honest. It's probably closer to 80. Wow. If we really had true numbers, there's a lot of people that think they're okay. And the truth is they're not. They just haven't. They either make enough to where it hasn't caught up yet or they're turning enough dollars to where it's not it's not hit them wow. as hard. But the reality is this is not a young person issue only. Yeah. This is when they talk about who sits in the seats in the church, it's like 80% of the people that sit in the seats are living paycheck to paycheck. Wow. They might have a huge house. They might have nice cars. They might have all that, but they still never got out of the the mindset of spending everything they got or a little bit more every single week until they get to this point. So um, I would just encourage um, anyone listening at any age, first off, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that can help you. There's a lot of people that have walked through exactly what you're walking through. I did it. I walked through it. I lived paycheck to paycheck, and I didn't have anybody to sit down and coach me, but that's one of my absolute favorite things to do. I love seeing the aha moments when it comes up to them, and they're like, I had no idea I spent that much money at Starbucks. That's my personal one. <laughs> but um, <laughs> when you start looking at it and you track it for two weeks, you're going to look back at that two weeks, and you're going to be like, I can't believe I spent that much money doing this, that, or the other. And it just starts to help you know where your money's going. Dave Ramsey talks about that. If you don't tell your money where to go, it's going to go somewhere, and yeah. you're not going to know where it went. So that's one of the first things I would say. That's great. Anything to add? Yeah, I would just echo a lot of that in that, one, it's not new. That's right. It's, it's, this is happening many times, but through all, all of it, God is still faithful. That's right. And in the same way that he takes care of the birds, how much more is he going to take care of you? And so especially for the person who... Perhaps, you know, if this is, they're in a situation where it's outside of their control. Uh, man, God is faithful. He's going to take care of you. You could rest and trust that you will see this through. Now, if this is, you're in a situation that perhaps you didn't make the best choices, I would just say in the same way that you were a problem, you were also a solution. Mm-hmm. That you could still take this as lessons and grow from this. I would also, one thing that I like to tell people, any anybody, but I've just finished coaching somebody that has you know, found the other side of it. They were in serious debt, had student debt, all of these things. And one of the things I encourage everyone is to get somebody that can be accountability partner in this. If it's, if you're married or you have a fiance or one of those, you know, opportunities, you have that accountability built in, but they need someone additional to that because the two of them can still maneuver around expenses and challenges that they're up against. But um, get somebody that you can be accountable to and and don't hide anything. The only way you can fix it is to lay it all out on the table and say, this is what I've done. This is what I have. This is where I'm at. This is what I make and help me. And someone's going to see something different. There's a different perspective that can come through that accountability. And it's not somebody that beats you up. It's someone who's there to cheer you on. You need someone to cheer you on through this. And if you have a bad week and you make a mistake, okay, no big deal. We, We can, we got a new week coming. Let's jump into it and fix it. So those are some of the things I love to help people see right off the bat. Track your expenses, see where they're going, get somebody accountable that's that's not obviously you don't want to get somebody who's struggling with their finances as well. You want somebody who's who's been through this or has, you know, got on the other side of this and found some financial freedom and get accountability. Great. You started dipping into this conversation already, but to get just real practical for those going like, but how do I budget? 
where do I start? My finances are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Where is the starting point in place for building a budget, uh, making sure you stick to it? Obviously, you kind of started in that. And then what are some resources? Are there apps? Are there like what, what are the nuts and bolts of building a budget that have worked for you and you've seen work for those you've coached as well? Do you want to hit that? Yeah. Um, I'd say first start with what you make. You got You know what your income is. Um, that's what you have to know that. If you don't know what that is, get somebody who can help you figure that out. But know what your income is so you know, okay, this is my. This is what I have. This is what's coming in. Um, track your expenses. So there's so many budget tools. Dave Ramsey has them. Um, uh, Enjoy Stewardship Solutions has them. I mean, there's apps like crazy you can get on there. But what those don't do is track every one of your expenses. So even on top of setting up a budget, you you plug into the budget what you know, but there's things that you're doing that you're not paying attention to or mm-hmm. not aware of. Like you've discounted the $3 coffee or the $2 soda or whatever that is, but at the end of the month, that adds up yeah. big time. So I love telling people, do your budget, and it's even fun to see what they think is in their budget and what they make, and then go back and watch the two weeks of tracked expenses and lay it against that. Yep. You're like, well, where that wasn't budgeted. That wasn't budgeted. Yeah. That wasn't budgeted. So very practical. You have to start tracking every single thing you do. When you wake up in the morning, if you have an app on your phone, and the first thing you do, if you hit Starbucks, put it in there. I spent $4 at Starbucks, whatever it may be. And then you do that all day long. For most people that I'm coaching or, or hanging out with during one of these seasons – before they get to the two weeks, they've already had the aha moment. And they're yeah. like, man, I've figured it out. I know where I can pay this off. And then um, that's that's where you start. Jonathan, what would you add? Yeah, well, you hit it as far as where to start. Uh, I would just say as far as tips to stay within your budget. Um, let me put it this way. There's a, there's a story in Genesis of two brothers, Esau and Jacob. Mm-hmm. And Esau, he trades his birthright for a bowl of soup. And my, what my encouragement would be is that whenever you're tempted to splurge and go outside your budget, I would say, remember that story and don't trade a future blessing for a temporary fix. Mm-hmm. Just because you think, oh, well, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. Hey, there, there's, there are things that you're planning for that you're working towards. Don't, don't give that up just for a temporary fix. Um, as far as resources, I mean, there's many. Uh, Treasureroad.com, mm-hmm. Investopedia, uh, Mint.com is an actual budgeting tool, free, available. Um, and Dave Ramsey has every dollar. I mean, there's so many tools yep. available. Uh, and I think we're currently in a generation where uh, I want to say we don't have any excuse. However, we have every opportunity to learn to get better in this area of our life. Great. One of the things I, I love telling people is every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else mm-hmm. yeah. in your budget because you only have X amount of dollars. So, if you say yes to this now, you're saying no to something later. But at the same time, if you say no to something now, like, hey, I don't really need that right now. I can get by with this. That's opening a yes later that you might have had to say no to before. So it's it's a different, it's so simple. But when you think about it that way, and when you actually see some of those wins take place, like, hey, I'm not going to go out to lunch this week. I'm going to make my lunch, or I'm going to make coffee at home, or I'm going to do one of these things, and I'm going to save that, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50 bucks, whatever that is you spend. You might be able to say yes to a dinner a couple weeks later that you would have said no to. Yeah, you'd have been like, ah, I can't. I'm a, I'm just gonna go home. And then a whole bunch, group of friends go out, and you can say, Yeah, you know what? I'm good. I I can go to that dinner. Yeah. So I mean, that's super practical, and those are, but that's the those are the things that I'm watching, especially our you know young adults. I'm watching them say yes and no to things yep. 
And I'm thinking back, if they would have, if they could go back, they would say no to that. Yeah. So they could say yes to this next thing. Yeah. And and you're going to just, I'm sure something that you would agree, Pastor Brandon, is the fact that when we do make the right choices, especially in in our younger ages, I think this is why it's so important for young adults, because when you're deciding, you know what, I'm going to get better in this area of my life, man, I'm creating a blessing for yourself. I'm creating a blessing for my future self. I'm creating a blessing for my future family. And, and, And especially this. I'm creating a blessing for everyone I get to be generous towards today yeah. when I position myself in that way. That's yep. great. Okay, so uh, aside from getting a paycheck um, every two weeks, week to week, whatever it is, where else should our money be going? Uh, let's talk about retirement, investments. I think there's a lot of buzz a- around those topics. And I think a lot of us sometimes feel insecure and uninformed about these things and just are kind of clueless where to start, what to think about investment, retirement. You know, someone's going, I'm 21. I'm not worried about retirement. You know, I didn't even finish college or whatever it may be. Pastor Brandon, where do we start with that when we think about it? So really simple. Give, save, live. It's first thing I'm going to, I'm going to bring God back in this because this, I believe this absolutely transformed my financial, uh, where my position and my future when I got this right. And that is give first. The yep. first thing that I do every week is make sure that, that I give. The first thing that comes out, this is the first fruit principle. There's a lot of stuff on it. Dave, um, Robert Morris preaches way better than I can explain it. But basically, this is when I get my income, the first fruit goes to giving. The second thing is saving. Now, I know there's a lot of different thoughts on this, and even Dave Dave Ramsey thinks a little bit than this, but almost, uh, you know, many, many, many places you work have some kind of a corporate match. And I encourage people do that at a minimum. If, If that's all you can do, do that because that's free money. If you put 20 bucks in, chances are you're gonna get a free $20 you know, every paycheck, don't miss out on that and let it, let it build. You, you won't miss that $20, but 10 years down the road, you'll miss that, you know, 25,000 or 50,000, whatever that has grown to in that time frame. Um, so give, save, and then live. Living is that last, you know, portion. So if you, if you give 10% and you get, and you save, you know, five, 10%, whatever you can in that world, or one, two, 3%, whatever the match is, if that's all you can do, and figure out how to live off the rest. What do I got to do? What do I need to eliminate so that this is my starting point? And that's when I help people look at their budgets and we start to analyze things. And sometimes I'll look at someone and say, hey, you probably can't afford that brand new car that you bought if you want to do these other things. Now, mm-hmm. there's other, you can work a second job. You can, I mean, it's crazy what people are doing to try to afford things. And I'm like, that's, your money's telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Now it's forced you into a second job. It's forced you into this. So let's look at what we got to live off on and let's see what we're up against and how do we fit that in there? What are the things we need to eliminate? If you have some past decisions that you're paying for, like college debt or some of those things, or maybe you have debt from something else, you're going to have to say no to some things right now to yeah. get that cleared out so that you can start saying yes to some things a couple years down the road. And I promise you, you will be thankful you did that. Yeah. When I, I've just finished coaching somebody they're in their 50s. They still have almost all of their student debt. Wow. And I was, I was like blown away. I couldn't, I hadn't seen that before. But they were all they ever did was pay the penalties and the interest minimums and kept pushing it off and pushing it off. And now they're at a point where there's no more of that. They yeah. have to start making good on on the debt. So wow. you don't want to be in that position. Right. Wow. Yeah. I would say one, this isn't financial advice. It's for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> uh there, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of different thoughts surrounding this. I think the general good rule of thumb is if you're going to save for retirement specifically, 
uh, I get general rule of thumb that people like Warren Buffett and many other great minds of finance to say is to invest in index funds. Um, D- Dave Ramsey has a different thought as far as investing in mutual funds. Uh, but overall, in the end of the day, these are just simply buckets of ownership, uh, whether in the stock market or other parts. Uh, if you want to be super hands-off, there's retirement date funds. And it's just, that's such a great way to start building, investing, compounding to have like a good nest egg in the future. Um, and this is, you're doing yourself a favor because come 20, 30, 40 years down the road, when you're ready to retire, you, you, you have something to, to rely on, to, to, to utilize. Um, and I would also say, of course, I think we always hear save for a rainy day. I think it's super important. I think if the pandemic taught us anything is how important it is to save for a rainy day. And I mean, and I mean something separately from your retirement, it's just being able to have even just, let's say a thousand dollars available to, if an emergency comes up, Hey, I don't have to go into further debt or stress out even more. I, I, I could cover this. Um, those are a few good points I'll, I'll probably uh, leave our young dolls with. Okay. Anything else you want to add, Pastor Brandon? Yeah, I would just say, I think the other thing that the pandemic taught us is a thousand dollars probably isn't enough. Right, you know? right, right, right. I think what I've seen is I've been coaching people try to get you know get that first thousand. Let's get it to five. Let's let's get five set aside, and then there's you know these this aligns a lot with Dave Ramsey or financial you know stewardship solutions or any of the other companies. But they're basically trying to say, hey, get an emergency fund, yep. get a, a, a chunk of money that's available in a, in the case of emergency, and then set aside three to six months yeah. of finances so that if a pandemic does happen and you find yourself unemployed sitting at home, you don't have to stress. I mean, this goes all the way back to the beginning, the question you asked about stressing. And I think when we start making some of these little financial foundational decisions, you start to stress less because you're already thinking down the road of where you're going to be and you mm-hmm. start making some decisions. So um, the company match, I th- I think is a great, you, you know, that's a, that's a basically a beginner point. That's a start point. Putting some money aside, getting your emergency fund. A lot of people would flip those and say, do that first and then start matching. But in my mind, you're giving away free money every single week that you don't do it. So mm. at least do the minimum match, 20 bucks, 25 bucks, whatever it is. Let that figure out how to do that. That's a few Starbucks a month that you're not having. But you're getting free money. It's a dollar for dollar match at most companies. So don't miss out on that. If you don't know if you have that, ask. Just say, hey, is there a company match here that I'm missing out on? Ask the questions because you you might be sitting there and you don't know it. Um, and then I would just say, start to get that mindset of how do, how do I prepare for three to six months of finances set aside? What else do I need to cut? Maybe I maybe I go with a used, and this is Dave Ramsey, but this is also a lot of other people, but maybe I go with a used beat up car for a couple years to get that set aside so that if something does happen like that again, I'm good. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. good. We're okay. We can, we don't need to stress. So, um, but I would say go all the way back to the foundational principles of, you know, and I'm going to do this from scripture because this, I believe this is the absolute best way. And that's putting God first in your finances. So give, save, live, figure out how to live off what you have left. And that all starts with that first number of what your income is. Everyone's income is different. You know what yours is. If not, somebody can help you figure that out. But that's the starting place. You know what you have to work with, what your boundaries are, and start to figure it out. Track your expenses. That's great. Last last question, thought for you guys to think about, and, and a lot of this has been uh, threaded through each of um, your thoughts and your points from today. If you could boil it down to one thing, what's uh, one key 
uh, concept into getting your finances right in your young adult years uh, for the future? What would that be? One key, I would say, is, and this is going to sound so people are going to throw their, turn the radio off, but no, it's a, it's your why, really. Mm. Like, what what's your why? Why do you want to do this? Do you, you know, and oftentimes people need to wrestle with that. Do I like being in debt? Do I like this stress? Do I like, do I want to be prepared? I mean, you know, prayerfully the goal is that you have some dreams that you've set aside, then you know some things that you want to do. Maybe, maybe you want to do something that's going to, you know, take you out of a, a work, you know, play situation for a few years, you got to be prepared for that. So know your why. Like putting, right. for me, my why is I got married young. I wanted my family to to see strength in this area. I wanted my family to experience generosity. I wanted my family yeah. to see that. I wanted them to to know that the dollar will never tell them what to do. They'll always tell the dollar what to do. Yeah. And helping them experience that through paying for college and saving to get married and all of the things that, you know, they've been able to experience my why was like, I have to set that foundation first. Yep. If I don't give them that picture, someone else is going to give them that picture and it may not be the picture I want them to see. So. Great. Love that. Yeah. The follow-up with that, that I would give is always be willing to learn. Like that's, that's going to be a key thing. Be willing to learn from the people who's been there, done that. There's so, again, there's so many great minds already available that we could learn from. Uh, you know, there, there's a great tip that Dave Ramsey gave is of, you know, don't, don't invest something, don't invest in something that you don't understand. And so I always encourage, Hey, tr- at least make the attempt to try to understand and see what works for you. Mm-hmm. Because as Pastor Brandon mentioned from the very beginning, everyone makes different incomes. Everyone's story is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So there's no one right cookie cutter way on how to navigate this. There are definitely general principles for sure, but be willing to learn and how to navigate through there. I mean, look at what the top minds are doing, what the top companies are doing. How are they managing their finances and see what we can learn from them. It's great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jonathan, Pastor Brandon, for yeah. being with us today. I know this is going to be helpful on how to manage money and finances. Uh, young adults, listeners, those who are tuning in, maybe watching via YouTube or listening on Spotify or wherever else that you tune in with us. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope this is helpful. Uh, we'd love to hear any questions you might have. Throw them in the comments uh, or, or in the chat. Other than that, we, we love you. Make sure to be tuned in with our next episode. We love you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.